Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote from Pensacola, Florida. And as always, Dawson is back in the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. But like we've started on Mondays before we get to basketball and other things going on around the world, the sports, uh, we're going to start with um, UL baseball coach, Matt Deggs. How are you, Coach? Are you there, Kev? Yes, sir. Okay, you cut out a little bit. Uh, good morning, man. I'm doing great. How are you? Well, you know, I've uh, followed y'all series over the weekend. Lots of action over here to see if the Cajuns can get into the NCAA tournament tonight. So we'll we'll, we'll all be pulling for them, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah pulling hard for Bob, man. And, and uh, you know. That, that's a really good team he's got, and they, they get after it. They're fun to watch, and, uh, you know, I know Cajun Nation's behind them tonight, and let's get this thing done. All right, so one of the – I think my biggest takeaway from the weekend is since we last spoke on, on, on this show, it seems like there's a couple guys in, in the lineup that have kind of entered the picture for more playing time, like a Lee Amadi and, and, and John Taylor. Uh, and even Luke Ross had a nice performance over the weekend. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've got a, a good core of young players, and it's just a matter of opportunity. And uh, I thought this week was uh, – actually, I'm very thankful for this past week because – we got exposed in some areas, and, and I got exposed. The team got exposed. We just, uh, you know, it was a tough, grinded-out week that could have gone 4-0 or could have gone 0-4 real quick-like. And uh, you, you, sometimes you got to be thankful for that adversity, especially early, because it will expose some areas and, and then provide other opportunities. And uh, we showed what kind of ball club and what we're made of yesterday, bouncing back against uh, one of the better teams will play all year, quite frankly. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Campbell wind up in Omaha. They can do, they're really good at all of it. And, uh, so to have freshmen perform the way they did this week was a huge boost for us. Oh, as, as far as John and Lee, like, you know, we, we knew John was kind of in the picture from the beginning, maybe at third, maybe at second. Kind of, do where does he fit in and, and where could Lee fit in? Well, I, you know, Lee's going to have to continue to improve defensively, and and uh, but his bat is ready. And uh, you know, you could see that DH spots some. You could see him on and filled some. Uh, JT John Taylor uh, is a he's a player now. He's got a, a really good uh, resume, and uh, I think more than anything, it's just opportunity because CJ started off so well. And uh, you've you've got to keep running uh, a, a player with the talent of Max Marshock out there because he's just he's bottled lightning and and you saw that yesterday and uh, so uh, he's going to get his opportunities and I'd love to see him keep making the most of. Them. How tough is it when you have a player like you mentioned Max who got off to a rough start and yet you know. 
some good things are coming. Uh, like, okay, let's just take a today off and then we'll, you know, bring you back. Like, to know when to do that, I, I'm sure that's a tough decision as a coach. Well, that's up to him, really. And, you know, I have and we have a standard that you have to live up to, and it doesn't have a whole lot to do with baseball. And, uh, you know, the bar is very, very high. And as long as he stays above that mentally and, uh, you know, emotionally, I'm going to keep running him out there because I believe in him and I, he has big league talent. And the players love him and I love him. And, uh, you know, but sometimes you got to sit and watch too. Right. Jackson Nezu, first five innings yesterday. I saw a lot of that game on um, on ESPN3 yesterday from Pensacola, and he at times looked outstanding, and then he kind of hit a wall. Is, was that just them figuring him out uh, in the sixth inning, or was that just it was, it was time to pull him? I think it was a little bit of both. I think it's a mental drain <laughs> going through their lineup. And uh, he had he had uh, navigated that thing twice pretty good, uh, really about as good as you can. And uh, you know they're they're as well coached ball club probably as we'll play this year. And they're going to adjust mid game, and they did, and they started collecting hits. And, uh, to to Jackson's credit, he didn't walk anybody, I don't think, and uh, so never gave them anything. They had to earn everything they got, and. Uh, I thought it was a, a great start from him, something that we needed to see, and uh, I was very, very proud of him. With the inning in relief where he struck out the side in Lake Charles on Tuesday and then the first five innings where he was outstanding, I mean, uh, I mean, it seems like he kind of turned a corner. Do you, did, did you, did you, do you feel that way? I have no doubt about it. You know, confidence is that's the most powerful thing there is, and if you could – you know, figure out a formula and bottle it up and sell it, you'd be a billionaire. And, you know, he's he's full of that right now. And, and uh, I want to see him take off and run with it. And I, I, I really believe he will. All right. So, uh, you know, there were, uh, there were some other good pitching performances. After walking two yesterday, Marshall got the job done. But then there were other – you know, performances where it seems like there's question marks here and there. In terms of, do you feel like you're further away than you were a week ago to, to, to narrowing in or focusing in on what a weekend rotation might be like or about the same? No, I think we're actually closer. And, uh, you know, I like takeaway Saturday uh, where I think there's seven walks. Uh you know, Tommy is continues to be a work in progress. Uh, he's six foot six, man, and uh, still lacks you know big time experience. Uh, it's hard to organize your body when you're that tall and repeat a, a, a stroke and a delivery. And when he lines it up, it's great. When he's out of sync a little bit, it can get a little dicey. Uh, but that's a guy that you, you, we're going to need, you know, to get to Omaha and. Uh, the, what what I really liked was uh, I, I love the way Cooper Rawls and David Christie are attacking the strike zone for us. Brendan Moody uh, comes in big in relief yesterday. Marshall's been basically unhittable. Opponents are hitting 100 off of him. And uh, 
we had the reemergence on Saturday of Ben Tate. And that's a great arm, you know, from right here at Turlings. Uh, came in and gave us, you know, two or three innings of great relief and was 90-92 all day and, and pounding that strike zone, which is what we needed to see. Last week, uh, that sometimes you can have too many options. I think, you know, once you get late in the year, you certainly narrow the focus there in terms of how many pitches you're going to use and what everybody's roles are. I'm sure it's too early for that. I mean, it's, are, are you bullpen wise, you're still a little bit in, in search mode, correct? Well, you're exactly right in the fact that, you know, by the time April, May, and June gets here, you know, in baseball, water always finds its level. And it, it, it generally, if you're healthy, it always works itself out. And uh, I'm excited to see the progress of some of these guys. JT Etheridge keeps getting better. Uh, you know, I, I really like the way that, that uh, uh, Taylor Parrott came in and threw the baseball to silly walk, but he, had, he competed with his best stuff, which was great to see. And so uh, we're going to keep working and, and uh, see how this thing plays out. Obviously, we said coming in that Campbell could really hit the ball, and they proved they could really hit the ball. So is it kind of a you don't want to make too many generalizations about what you have pitching-wise because you, you may not face, as you said, too many teams that you know any better hitting than Campbell? Well, against Campbell, you know, if you like just – you know, they ran some power stuff at us, you know, nonstop. And uh, I thought our hitters did a great job of adjusting to it. And uh, But sometimes to take a team like that down, that you know, a lot of times good teams can really pitch or they can really hit, uh, but they might not have both, or they can really pitch and defend. Uh, Campbell has a little bit of everything. They have a lot of everything. And that's what makes them dangerous. And so that, that is a weekend where you do need options. And we were able to give them different looks. And, uh, you know, we were able to navigate that lineup well enough that we were in all three games. I mean, we could have won all three. We could have been swept. Could have very easily taken two out of three. Uh, it was just that type of – it was kind of like a regional setting almost. Uh but, I mean, at the end of the day, we outscored them on the weekend, 22-20, to 20, and uh, we were even fielding. We had about the same ERA. We stole more bases than they did. There was a lot of positives. You know, a lot of times I'll, I've seen, you know, second baseman center fielders. I hadn't seen too many uh, first baseman center fielders, and especially guys who play first base who play center field like Carson Rockefort. He's a... Uh, I, I copy him to Jim Edmonds. He's built the same and kind of the same easy uh, way that he plays the game. Carson makes the game look easy, especially on defense. And when he's rolling at the plate, he makes it look like anybody can do it until you actually try it and you realize, oh, man, this is hard. Uh, he catches the ball so easy. And uh, that catch he made yesterday, two of them really are as, are as good as you'll see. Uh, he's making a couple adjustments at the dish and starting to get going, which has been great. Uh, you know, yesterday the boys came out and they decided they had enough of this and uh, they, they played their game. All right, so McNeese uh, comes to Russo Park on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, 
Uh, y'all went to Lake Charles last week, and like you said, they always play you tough, and they did that again. So what does it look like pitching-wise for Wednesday, or is it too early for that? Uh, you know, I think you'll see several guys, and uh, especially Kevin with it being Wednesday and so close to Friday. Uh, right. I think you'll see several guys, and, and uh, you know, I'm excited about that, that matchup again. They played us really well the other night. Uh, I don't think they were ready. We were ready, not them, but us. And, and we were rolling at the time, and that's on me. And, and uh, we didn't do a very good job with the fastball, especially out over the plate, and we've adjusted since then. Uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to that, and I know our guys are. It'll be a great crowd and a, a great atmosphere, and uh, our fans have been incredible so far. They've been a definite home field advantage for us. Uh and then a, a, a scrappy high point team will come in and I'm sure give us everything we're bargaining for. Hopefully the basketball team can get it done and all the UL fans will be a little Heck extra yeah. spry for that game and, and really get and bring that emotion over to Russo Park. We appreciate your time, Coach. Yep. Good luck to you. All right, go Cajuns. See you. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. If you would like to get in, no more interviews, open phone lines, the rest of the today's show. And obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Sunbelt Conference basketball tournament, the K, lot, lots of upsets over the weekend since we last spoke you know, some people called it an upset, and by number it was, when South Alabama beat Southern Miss. So, I, But I think that one's being over-dramatized. I mean, you know, on this, if you've been listening to this show since early January, uh, we've been saying um, to watch out for South Alabama. Didn't understand all the early losses. And kept saying uh, South Alabama is way better. Since midseason, South Alabama's been the best team in the Sunbelt Conference. So, yeah, that was an upset when, by number when South Alabama beat Southern Miss. Uh, when was that? On on uh, Thursday. But, but did anybody really think that wasn't going to happen? I mean, they had just played them, what, a week and a half, two weeks earlier and beat them by 31 and then they beat them by 17. So I, I don't consider that a huge upset. You know, we we talked about how even Coach Marlin said it again after the Georgia Southern win on Saturday. He said uh, he was joking with the head coach from Texas State and said, Coach, if you ought to made a few more shots, we'd be the number one seed. And my first thought was, Coach, you wanted to be – I mean, you wanted to win the conference, no question. I mean uh, – Winning the conference is a huge goal, but in terms of just the tournament, I don't know that you want it to be the number one seed. But um, 
course, the Cajuns match up much better with South Alabama than Southern Miss did. Now, while I was right about South Alabama being the most dangerous team of all the other than the top couple seeds there all year long, Dawson was right that watch out for Texas State, which, again, they still are two games under 500. I don't know how they've done what they've done, what they did this week. This is a team that's won the regular season the last two years and won as many tournament games as I have, and and then this year they win three of them. Crazy. Yeah, and and I think what what that came down to for me was I just always trusted Mason Harrell, and the the weird thing for me, I've kind of said this throughout the weekend, I feel like he – doesn't look for his own shot enough. Like when they're struggling, there's times where you're like, just we need you to take over the game, you know, from Texas State's perspective. But it's hard because he's so short. Like yeah. it's hard to get shots off sometimes. Well, and you him. see, you know, last night he, the only real shot, now he, I thought Control, and, and I tweeted about this, I thought Control did an outstanding job defending him. But then Harold still hit a couple of tough step back jump shots over the top of him. And so. That's been the key for them, and I think he got it going. And then defensively, they're just a team that can get on a on a roll defensively. They can just kind of muddy up games. And for whatever reason, when they've been the favorites, that hasn't worked in tournament games, trying to muddy up the game defensively. They've lost some games they probably should have won. But, uh, yeah, they got hot, and, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be difficult, you know, for the Cajuns to now turn the page and have to play another really good team in South Alabama that is very good offensively, on the other hand, of Texas State's defense. Now, I also thought, though, um, Mason and Love. I mean, some of their guys that don't get a lot of run, um, you know, in terms of people talking about them, had pretty good offensive games. I mean, they drove to the basket and scored. And I, I, I thought, I thought Texas State, for a team that had played playing their third game in four days, I thought they had a lot of good performances last night. Yeah, and, and, and the interesting thing was Mason, the Cajuns actually left him alone on the three-point line for, you know, and I think a couple of those were breakdowns accidentally, but he missed them all, those open looks, and he's a guy who's like 37%. He's not a bad three-point shooter, so I think they were fortunate right there, but that's kind of what's interesting to me about the transition as you switch over to a team like South Alabama that has made at least 39% of their threes in all three games. They've already played three games in this tournament and they're shooting the basketball extremely well. The Cajuns held them to, I think, four for 13 from three in Lafayette when they beat them to end the regular season. So that, to me, is a big key. South Alabama is one of the better three-point shooting teams, and the Cajuns actually have struggled to defend the three. It's been one of their biggest weaknesses defensively this season. All right, so here, here's where we are. In the, in the first game, when the Cajuns won 79-76, the Cajuns had 15 turnovers, and they won the game in Mobile by three points. So, you know, and I, I've said the same thing. We've all said, can't commit 13 turnovers. Like, Well, they committed 15 in Mobile and still won, but you don't want to try that again. The Cajuns um, in that game shot 57% from the field and won by three points. Well, in the second game, they only shot 49% from the field. In other words, no one besides Jordan Brown did anything. In that first game, the Cajuns had five scores in double figures. And and then in the second game, Thomas at the very end got up to 10, but Jordan dominated the scoring with 28. I've said, and Coach Marlin has said, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have any issue. I'm still worried about other guys scoring. Now, Jalen Dalcourt hit a couple three, hit some threes, which helped uh, over the weekend. And even Contrell hit a couple 
which help. But I still think they're going to need some complimentary scoring to win this game tonight. Yeah, I do think they need – I think you're exactly right there. And, and, you know, I thought there was a couple things that happened last night. I thought Isaiah Richards gave him some good minutes off the bench. Yes, which was, yes uh, he did. Surprising, certainly. And, and also I thought defensively a couple of things happened, and I, and I touched on this on RP3 and company. Brown picked up a ticky-tack foul at the top of the key, which the officials called almost nothing in the first half, but they called Brown for a foul a minute into the game, and I thought he defensively changed the way he played the rest of the way, which I'm fine with. I think he's done a great job this year knowing that he can't get into foul trouble. Yes. Um, But I thought that led to some of Texas State's easy looks throughout this first half. Um, So I think that's, again, a key. Brown can't pick up any early fouls, and that's the interesting thing, too. I I really hope the officials stay out of the way and let this game play out. Because either way, if Samuel and or Brown were to pick up fouls one way or the other, that, that just fundamentally changes that. We saw how important that matchup was in the first game. Brown was able to handle him and, and just did an unbelievable job on the offensive end. But uh, if Jordan picks up early fouls and Samuel's able to go to work on maybe playing against Isaiah Richards, then you might be in a little bit of trouble down low. All right. Owen White is 12 of 24 from three-point land, 50%. In, in the three games in this tournament. So it is going to be critical that the Cajuns here, – here's what you got to do. With more Moore's an old school player. I'm trying to figure out, um, like, who he is. But he, he's an old school guard in that he just kind of – he just kind of dribbles and dribbles and, and, and lowers you down and just kind of gets you down and just and then pump fakes and he does all this, you know. He's not like a running gun. He's an old-school half-court point guard and, or guard, and you gotta, you've got to make sure that you don't get in foul trouble biting on his pump fakes and, 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 and hopefully they can continue to make tough, make his, you know, not give him good angles to shoot and, and – and make him pass and not just lower you down and, and, and then kick it out to White for a three. Well, Kevin, uh, I don't mean to change the subject on you, but we've got a little breaking news, and I think you're going to like it. Tom Pelissero and others, Mike Garofalo, reporting that Derek Carr is headed to New Orleans. Well, I saw a tweet that from Schefter that he's, that he's going to sign as soon as today, but Again, I don't. I, I always joke that I, I don't dance at Yankee wakes, only at the funeral. So, I, I, I mean, is this the wake or the funeral? I mean, look, Pelissero, pretty good NFL Network insider, and um, so there was actually the funny thing. I actually thought it was a fake thing originally. Garofalo's tweet said David Carr, which was just a typo by him. So Pelissero tweeted, "David Carr remains a free agent, but he says the Saints were always the preferred destination for Derek Carr." who is now set to reunite with Dennis Allen in New Orleans. So that's okay, uh, let, look, right is a pretty now, legit source. Look, I've been an emotional wreck for the last two years when it comes to the Saints. So let, let, let's finish this thought so we can process all this first. Fair, yeah, we'll, we can we'll do get, we'll, 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 but, but I'm glad you, you let people know, and hopefully that, that really is uh, a 100% deal. So you mentioned that. The Cajuns struggle at times defending the three, and they have at times. But, like, I, I also think they've done a good job of, like, Contrell Garnett handle Mason Harrell probably about as good as you can last night, which is which is great. And so, at times, they've de- – like, they defended Taylor really well from Marshall. So, at times, they've done a really good job of taking the guy, someone like that away. So, hopefully that happens here. 
Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting, too, because you've played South Alabama two times already, and the first time the Jaguars shot the ball very well from three. You mentioned how well played that game was, and when I went back and looked at it, I think you were really correct there. Both offenses played really well, and that was not really kind of how I remembered the game happening, but when I went back and looked at the numbers, that's the way it was. Still the best game, most exciting game played from start to finish all season, for, uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah, and then the second game, though, it was interesting because now while UL still got an unbelievable offensive game from Jordan Brown, he was kind of the focus there uh they only you all shot two of 16 from three and south alabama was only four of 13 so neither team shot the ball well the second time around but the overall sample size tells you that they're two of the more high percentage three-point teams in the league the problem for me the thing that worries me is that the jaguars have had not just owen white uh, but they've had a bunch of guys knock down shots in this tournament you saw i mean they had finch hit a dagger in that first game against app state they've they've just had or excuse me, no, not Finch. He's from George Southern. Uh, but they've had multiple guys, including Moore, the guard, who's who've hit shots. So they don't have one guy you have to worry about right now. The way UL was able to take Taylor out of the game, they've got four or five guys that are hitting the shots right now. So that's where I get a little bit concerned. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think last night, look, neither game. I, you know, I wouldn't consider these, these two games that the Cajuns played Neither one of them was especially pretty. Neither one of them was especially exciting other than the fact that you're in a conference tournament and, you, and you're winning and, and all of that. So the vibe is there. But in terms of just the game itself, they weren't great games. Last night's game was not aesthetically pleasing at all. Lot, you know, And we knew that we talk about that with Texas State all the time. They're going to muddy up games, and you just got to give them credit for that um, for sure. But. Tonight's game has a chance to be more like what people want. I, I, I think it the, the the good shots will come way more often against South Al than they did against Texas State, and they just got to hit them. Yeah, that's what – and for you all too, that's – we really haven't seen them come out of this shooting slump fully yet. Like they really still haven't shot the ball the way they shot it early on in the season. So I think tonight is a big one. I think Kentrell did a good job looking for his offense a little bit more, and he hit a couple. Kobe hit one in the corner. Um, I'm still waiting for Greg's shot to fully come back, although he did hit a couple of nice shots there. And so I think you're going to have to, in my opinion, you're going to have to hit somewhere between six and ten three-point shots to try to win this game. That would be my guess. And they haven't consistently done that the last couple of weeks. No, oh, and they didn't. They haven't needed a whole lot of that. Uh, in the first two, and, and look, they've got to make layups. Uh, they missed too many easy shots, and, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, fo- and the other thing is, folks has been struggling, and, I, you know, we, we, we're about to need to get a break. I'm starting to wonder if what's going on with folks is that he was kind of new on the scene, and after the first round, people started maybe figuring out how to defend him and what to do with him. Because early in the, but he, but even then, even if that's true, if he's still missing shots going to the basket, that he wasn't missing hardly at all early in the season. He missed a wide open layup last night on a great dish. Yeah, almost from Jordan Brown. So I'm still worried about Themis. That layup he missed just, and it was it, it was almost really costly because it was right there. It was I think it was to stretch yes. it back out to a two score game late. Um, yes, Texas State had way too many possessions with a chance to take the lead late in that game, and the difference 
The reason I'm worried, you have to play better than that because it's kind of the thing I've been talking about. South Alabama is going to score on more of those possessions than Texas State is. Texas State still, even as well as they played in this tournament, they're still limited offensively. They don't have as many options. Yes. South Alabama's not limited offensively, and they're going to score more. So either A, you better score more yourself, or B, you better be a little bit better defensively down the stretch. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a timeout and come back and try to wrap our mind around what apparently is uh, is official now, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll discuss that next. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go subscribe to the game's YouTube channel at the game Louisiana. That way you can check out the latest original videos and more shenanigans from the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes on what appears, and they better not be tricking me. I, look, I can't, I can't play this game. It, it's not April. We're only in March. But what appears to be a glorious Monday morning, the news, are, are, are we hearing, can we, can we confirm yet that it's a four-year deal with Derek Carr signing with the Saints? Yeah, I, I haven't seen details yet. I saw that I saw that four-year rumor. I would imagine that's the case. I have seen a couple rumblings that the contract is pretty big and that uh, Saints fans might be a little taken aback by the contract. I don't know what that means. Um, and that's just a couple rumblings that weren't from necessarily like, you know, the top reporters. So we'll see what that means. Yeah, but, um, again, I've been saying it all along. Like people keep saying, well, the Saint they're gonna outbid the Saints, and I kept saying the Saints were prepared to sign Deshaun Watson a year ago. Like I kept reminding myself and y'all that because no, I didn't hear anybody. Like it's like everyone forgot about that. Like they were gonna try to shortchange or or or, or I I I just never quite understood that people forgot that they were about to they were prepared. They, the only reason they didn't is because the Browns gave the stupidest contract in NFL history. That's the only thing that kept them from getting to, from putting out the money and making the commitment to a, a future quarterback with Deshaun Watson. So I don't know why people thought they were going to try to cheapskate Carr. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I'm fine with it. Again, I, I kind of said, and now, this – I, I almost wonder, too, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see what happens when these numbers actually get released and we can kind of like look into it a little further. But you kind of wonder what this does for maybe Daniel Jones, maybe Geno Smith, and uh, maybe maybe the Saints do, you know, maybe they did get, we, we use this in baseball ahead of times, you know, locking up your guys early can sometimes help you before, the, you know, because sometimes you reset the market and then everyone else ends up paying more. So maybe the Saints... We'll look back and go, yeah, they paid a lot for Derek Carr, but look, everyone else ended up getting more. And we'll see if that happens or not. If everyone, if Daniel Jones and those guys end up signing deals for less, then you say, well, maybe the Saints over, over you know. But again, they, they had to over-offer because they had to get him because there wasn't yeah, a yeah, great yeah, plan yeah. B. Yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that other stuff later. Now, my first question and all that, and again, we're still speculating because we haven't seen specific numbers yet. But my first, does that decrease or increase or have nothing to do with the likelihood if – he likes him 
of keeping Plastic Man to be a wide receiver if he decides he wants to play again before. Yeah, again. we'll see. I, I would uh, I would imagine it can only increase the chances, right? I mean, it, but I'm talking on... about financially. Yeah, I don't know if that has much of an impact there because I mean, in theory. You don't have to. He's still under contract, right? I mean, in theory, you don't have to do anything if he's ready to come back and play. Then and he's they've there. already restructured, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if financially, if it has any impact at all, unless we hear that there were a couple other deals that had to be done um, to make the money available for Carr that maybe we haven't heard about yet. But as long as everything is consistent with what we've heard in the last couple of weeks, uh, Michael Thomas is has just as much of an opportunity to be on this roster, assuming he wants to. All right, let's say he doesn't. Considering, and, and you know, everyone's talking about Anthony Richardson, but this wide receiver that some of us are very high on from SMU kind of oohed and odd a lot of scouts at the Combine as well, from what I understand. Yeah, that's that's kind of what like, the, uh Could he be a second-round picker? Would that be a stretch is what I'm getting at. I, I yeah I I would um that would be high from what I've originally seen but then again these uh this week in Indianapolis sometimes has more to do than uh than than we think and it sometimes can really raise because again this is a chance for the the guy the other thing that, to think about is there's a lot of conversations that take place at the combine it's one of the first opportunities for these front offices to speak to these guys and the Saints have kind of shown you in the past that they they care about that type of stuff they do care about what type of people they're bringing into the locker room um so. Is that a factor? Did Rasheed Rice have conversations with the Saints, and did they like what they saw and heard? Um, and on the same hand, did he talk with other front offices, and did he impress a lot of people to where his overall draft stock is going to be raised, and then you're going to be more competitive to get him? Um, with all that, it is interesting still because the Saints still have a few different ways they could go in this draft, and we've talked already through some of the scenarios about defensive tackle and running back things like that. So I'll be interested to see. Uh, a, is the Michael Thomas situation, I'd imagine it'd be resolved by draft time, but... I'm sure that will have an impact on how aggressive they get at the receiver position, regardless of, uh, of if they're going to take one or not. Supposedly, it's a great tight end draft, not a great wide receiver draft, nothing as good as, as last year or even the year before. Um, and a lot of edge rushers, I don't know that they'll go that route. And it, it seems like things potentially could really be setting up if they can hit on – if they can get Kyle Turley to play next season, like it's important that he plays next season. It's important, like, can someone right now just go feed Wes some rice and gravy? It's like this cat needs to be in there and bulk and eat and, like, be able to take a hit and hang on to the football. Like, that's where we are right now. Hang on to the football. You have a quarterback who's going to get you the ball. Stop dropping balls. It's not that difficult. Man, that I thought cat you has were going to be stronger. happier about the Derek Carr news. Oh, no, but this is like, it's it, it's not <laughs> anger. It's about, okay, cat, let's go. Yeah. Like, crawfish is gone. Catch the football. You know what's fun? And I know we've got some callers that are coming in. We're coming up on a break, so we'll try and get to you all after the break. But uh, the funny thing, too, you talk about Kyle Turley. I saw a video pop up on my timeline this weekend of uh, him throwing his helmet into the stands. And I thought maybe 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 we see that from the new version of him. Maybe he Look, that whatever up, it takes huh? to get that cat on the field. Well, he just needs to be on the field, and he needs to block people and move his feet. No, you know, again. And then the next thing is, man, they they have got to pick 
a, a running back in the draft and one in free agency. They've got to nail this. They've yeah, got to no, nail this. I, I They've think got I, to. Well, and and like we've we said, we got to get rid of all this unbelievable last two seasons. Have been unbelievable what we've had to put up with, and all the stupidity I've had to hear. It's time to get this done. And I know some Saints fans will be very, very disappointed to hear this, but as far as me, and I know you're on the same page, Foot, we can put Hendon Hooker talks to bed for now. Not worried about Hendon Hooker in the first Hendon round. Hendon Hooker. we got to go fill some other spots on this roster and move on with our guy. Every year we go drop the quarterback. Every year we go drop the quarterback. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. You need to, you need to get that out of your minds. Get it out of your minds. We don't want to deal with that. All right, man, I, I, don't, I don't know – by the way, for those who don't know who I call Wes Chandler, it's obviously Chris Alave. So I don't know what Chris Alave, Wes Chandler is right now, but I hope he's lifting weights or eating rice and gravy. Bulk up, cat. No more drop passes. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And, of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, 337-706-0111. is the game hotline. If you want to talk Cajun basketball, baseball, we haven't gotten to softball yet. Apparently the news is pretty official, it sounds like. Better be really official. We're hearing four years contract. We don't know all the uh, terms yet. Derek Carr coming to the Saints. So, my now, okay, my, my mind is all over the place right now. So, be, if, you, if you decide you don't want an edge rusher, I understand that it's uncool to pick a running back in the first round, but if you pick one in the first or second round, I, I, don't, I, I, I think you're in position to do that now because it's such a great need. Like, are we okay with picking a, fir- a running back in the first or second round? Yeah, uh, I mean, I and I'm usually not. I'm really not. I don't know. I, the thing with Bijan that I've heard so many times now is that he's such the complete guy. He can do it all. He can pick up the blitz. He He's not just a great back uh, as far as carrying the football. So in that situation, I'll hear you out, especially at 29. I think, like, people think first-round pick. You have to think the first 15 or so picks is, like, its own first round. Like, the 15 to 32 is almost the second round anyway in a lot of drafts when you don't have – the most loaded class, so I'm okay with it. I, I still would prefer them to address defensive tackle first, but uh, but we'll see. But my question for you, we didn't talk about it yet, but these like report cards came out where the teams all kind of had surveys and the Saints were ranked as an F- minus in the nutrition staff. Do you think they're going to be able to give Olave enough rice and gravy based on that? Well, well you see, what I'm worried about that is the problem might be that while other people are feeding like health shakes, the Saints might be giving boudin rice and gravy. That might actually be the problem. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even understand what that means. I always thought it was so ironic. Like 
we used to go to the Superdome, and you know, you, the national media comes down, and you know, New Orleans and the food, and of course, Lafayette food is way better than New Orleans food. Anybody who's been both places should know that. From New Orleans, you, and uh, I can agree with you there. Lafayette food yeah, is better. Yeah, but but I mean, you go and the food in the Superdome was always terrible. It's like you know, terrible. So, um, I, 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 I don't. Everything else was actually a little better than I thought it was going to be, and, and especially when it came to like the training in terms of the Saints grades and all that. But yeah, the um, I, I, I can't explain all that, the, the food and nutrition and all that stuff. But you know, again, they, they, I don't know what they're going to do with forty-one, but they. They, they in the top three rounds. I, I just I would not be upset. And again, I'm like you. I'm normally you do not pick a wide receiver, you do not pick a running back, don't do any of that stuff. But I I will be so fired up if after the first three rounds they have a defensive tackle, a running back, and a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, and and again, because I the, think that's where the team is right now. Yeah, they are, and and that's the other thing too is uh, so again I I saw another um, it was a. Uh, a tweet from, um, I forget who it was. It was one of the top guys, though, and um, it, it, it kind of implied that uh, this is going to be a pretty big cap number for Derek Carr. Um, and so we still don't have the actual numbers. If we if we get them during the show, we'll let everybody know. But it sounds like it's going to be a big cap number, which maybe is a little surprising. But, again, we knew that the Saints, look, they and also there was this kind of this report about the Jets, which clearly wasn't all that true because uh, and that's what you know what's funny to me is when all these reporters come back now and they go, it was always the Saints for Derek Carr. No yeah. doubts here that we hear now. Well, okay. Well, it was the Jets yesterday, but I guess. Well, how it was... could it be the Jets when they don't even know? Well, that's they why had I Rogers situation. I mean, that didn't. That report made zero sense. Very likely that that was from Carr's agent and or team to in a last negotiation with the Saints, maybe to try to get a little bit extra. That would be my guess. That the Saints and Carr had been in conversations with the contract. And they were trying to make it sound like they were in negotiations with the Jets as well, just to try to get a little bit of leverage. Only thing I can really think of there. But regardless, Saints got their guy, and now, yeah, I mean, I, man, I was already fired up on a Monday morning because we got the Cajuns playing for a spot in the tournament tonight. Now we got this. I don't. I'm like you. I don't really know where to compartment, where to even focus my energy right now. Or I want to get or a safety. Like I still, you know, I like the guy from A and M. There might be some other. I, I'd be okay with a safety, not just just in case because. You know, the safeties got better the second half of last season, but still, uh, I think you need as many options back there as possible. So I'd be perfectly fine if they picked a safety as well. Yeah, and, and safety is another is one of those positions where you can get a little creative. You can find guys that, I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson wasn't a first-round pick, right? So maybe they take a look in the later rounds uh, for the safety spot, and I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't certainly. Oh, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not saying first round. Yeah, I'm right. second or third round. Yeah, and even like. into the fourth, you know, maybe you can find a way to do that. So there, uh, I haven't looked too deep into the safety class this year, but I know there's some guys up there, and I certainly would like them to uh, shore up the safety position. The interesting thing is, like, we saw Sorensen play so well for a couple of games at the end. I didn't think he was a long-term solution, but he's out of the picture, so... Regardless, you're probably going to bring someone in, whether it's free agency or the draft. I, I, Dennis Allen's a D back from A and M. I like the safety from A and M. Maybe in the second round, we'll see if he if he gets there. But again, that's I know the, my mind is just like all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too to to keep in mind that I'll be interested to see is once this cap number comes out with Carr and we have a little more clarity, uh, how much do the Saints, if anything, have left to even look at other free agents? Right, or is this going to be something that kind of handcuffs them a little bit? 
Again, we know that Loomis can always find a way with the cap, but when you throw a cap number that's as big as we expected to be with a quarterback, uh, they might not necessarily have a chance to get any of the other top guys that once free agency opens. So that's something that we'll certainly monitor. Oh, they'll 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 get somebody. You think will you think will Lud? When was the last time Will Lutz kicked the ball through the giant H? Is what I want to know. I'm not worried about Will Lutz. I think we're going to be well. I think we're he be, better, it, no more missing. Hey, like, and here's no the good missing. thing. He actually was all. He, even though he didn't have a good year, he was money on extra points. And I'm hoping we're going to get in the end zone a little bit more this season. So no more missing. <laughs> All right, another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We are, Dawson is, I am here in Pensacola. Dawson is back inside the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. If you tried to get in in the last hour, we didn't get to you. I apologize. I'm over here hyperventilating in Pensacola. And so I'm trying to keep it, keep it together here, trying to wrap my mind around Apparently, the official news that Derek Carr is the new quarterback of the Saints, number four, like Todd Bauman was four during the Katrina season, if I remember correctly. Steve Walsh was number four. You remember that debacle? Jim Finks, who got way too much of a pass for how he botched the quarterback situation. In my opinion, back in the Dome Patrol Days, I don't remember a whole lot of other. I might be the only four as a quarterback, but hopefully, obviously, Derek Carr will be the best four that uh, that ever played quarterback for the Saints, and we'll see how that plays out. But look, lots going on. We talked about the Cajuns playing South Alabama tonight at six o'clock on ESPN two for the right to an NCAA tournament berth. We talked baseball in the first segment of the first hour with Coach Deggs. Cajun softball team did not get it done at Texas in two games over the weekend. Um, you know, again, we we call, we talked last week how this LSU playing Butler in Central Connecticut, it was about as bad as I thought. They won 12 to 2 and 26 to 4 and 13 to nothing, and they're playing again today. Oof. I'm just not a big fan of those kind of games and those matchups, but they are what they are. LSU women lost in basketball. I'm also not a big fan. I don't think that, you know, if you're in the situation LSU is in, I don't know that going to the finals of the conference tournament does you any good. It probably does you more harm than good. So, I, you know, if you're an LSU fan, I wouldn't be upset about that, the way the way I look at those situations. Um and then, obviously, we've got lots of uh, – I don't, I don't want to not mention high school basketball. Tomorrow we plan on talking St. Thomas More head coach Danny Broussard. They will be playing in, you know, what some of us still want to call the top 28, even though it's not the top 28. They call it Marsh Madness now. Uh, and we're trying to get Coach Chad Porsche from New Iberia. But today, over in Lake Charles – at Burton Coliseum, J.S. Clark from Opelousas will be playing at 115 at about, I don't know, 445, 430, something like that. Catholic High of New Iberia. First ever appearance in the state semifinals in boys basketball as a 10 seed will play third seeded Calvary Baptist tomorrow, North Central. 
is playing against a number one seed East Feliciana uh, in in uh, non-select uh, Division Four on Wednesday. St. Thomas More will play Catholic High, and then on Thursday, New Iberia, the number one seed, will play four seed at Walker. So, wanted to mention uh, high school basketball there at the state tournament in Bert in Lake Charles at Burton Coliseum. So. Good luck to all the local teams there. All right, again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. 706-0111 if you have any thoughts on any of that. I mean, I joked with Raymond when we were try we were talking about doing the show from the hotel room and I'm like, I don't I don't even know what we're going to talk about. There's nothing going on. I mean, it's just it's just all kinds of stuff is going on and on top of all that, now we get the news you know, sitting here trying to analyze a basketball game, and we get the news that the Saints, you know, have signed Derek Carr, which I kind of thought was going to happen all along because it just made sense. I mean, I I, I just don't think Derek Carr is a, a a New York guy. I just I never did get that. Uh, I didn't want to have to call him Carl Crawford and with him going to New York. And so, uh, you know, he seems like a good guy. I think he'll fit in perfectly. Now they just got to make some some good decisions in terms of maybe, you know, you know, we've been mentioning uh, running back, wide receiver, and even safety, but I, I, I have no problem if they want to mix in an offensive guard too or even a tackle depending on what they think Kyle Turley is going to be long term. So, oh, man, my mind is racing. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah, I don't think uh... – Thomas is coming back regardless of um, the signing. Uh, does uh, the Saints have like some type of in the contract? If he's on the roster by a certain day, he gets like thirty-eight million or something like that. Well, they restructured. They restructured. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know that that is as big of, of a potential kind of a deadline day as there was before they restructured. Um. I heard, I think, a couple of calls. I think Ron about uh, from uh, being uh, particular. He said this could be that situation where uh, the Rams, you know, they had their quarterbacks go off and they got, they got Stafford and, excuse me, led them to a title. Do uh, you think it could have that type of impact, a signing like this? And well, I mean, I... Carr hasn't done anything in the league, you know. He's, again, I, I think Derek Carr is the classic, Good quarterback who's never played had you know had the luxury of playing with elite special teams and an elite defense, and I, I think he's in among the group of quarterbacks. And there, you know, it's not a humongous group, but it's a pretty good group. That if you put him with an elite special teams, which the Saints did not have last year, which they did have the three previous years, and they've got to get back to that. Make the kick, cat, make it. Um, and uh, and 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 elite defense, which at times they've been over the last three or four years, and at times they've kind of had some slumps. So if they can be a top ten defense and be a top ten special teams, yes, I I think he can do all that. You know what I heard this morning? <laughs> if the Saints qualify for the first round of playoffs and lose, the season's a failure. Do you look at it like that? Like, do you view the season as just? In that way, like you know, at least when I'm not, well, I'm talking about this. I guess now with Carr, I guess you want to go. You, you thinking a little bit further, I 
again. Yeah, I mean, look, I I would not go all the way to this failure before, on that again. Derek Carson, I, I should add, I want to be, you know, this is before the Derek Carson and this person made this comment. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, if they get to the playoffs and lose, I'll be disappointed. Would I consider the whole season a failure if they win? You know, eleven or twelve games. You know, I, I I don't I wouldn't consider the whole thing a failure, but yeah, it would be very it would be very disappointing. It's crazy to me that that we starting to look at. I don't know, man. Like you know, I try not to get in that way. Because you know, enough of football. What I really want to call, man. So Southern Miss, they lost to South Alabama. They lost to South Alabama, yes, sir. They they just don't match up with them for whatever reason. They got to be thirty one yeah, in the got regular season. Out a while back. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, man, now, hold up. Now, South Alabama was also the opponent that Louisiana defeated to have the undefeated season at the Cajun Dome, right? Last Friday, yes, sir. Uh, now, you think I'm sure they have that type of momentum going with them? And uh, hopefully, man, look, man, I, I didn't want Marlon back. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I know last year uh, the team was kind of hurt. They made that run uh, deep. But, hey, I, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for this team. And I, and I, wanna, I want him to get it, man. You know what I mean? And uh, I just I, I want I like to be wrong in these type of situations. And uh, thank I, you, y'all have a good one. I, I understand. Thank you for the call. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Kevin. Yes, sir. What y'all worked worked up for? What's wrong? I heard you hollering in the last segment. What's wrong? Talk to me. Well, I've just been dealing with two years of just unbelievable frustration. And so it's like, okay, they got a quarterback. Now let's start making kicks and stop dropping football. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, that's what you worry about? Yes, making <laughs> kicks and stop dropping footballs and give me a running back. I've been asking for a running back for two seasons. I need a running back. I need two of them. Yeah, I mean... Everybody keeps telling me how easy it is to pick a running back. Well, get one, get two. Yeah, it ain't that that easy. I mean, you got to find them, you know. I mean, 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 hey, we can use one, though, Kevin, but look, this is going to be okay, Kevin. This is going to be okay. The season hasn't started yet, no training camp or anything. The man all busted up and fired up already. Could be a good Give me a downhill huh? runner. I need a downhill runner. <laughs> ball, 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 ball. Look, Kevin, look. It's going to be okay, man. It's going to be okay. Everything is not peaches. I told you that things are rough sometimes. <clears throat> Life is not easy, Kevin. Sports not easy. Sports not easy, Kevin. It's not easy out there. You give yourself a stroke or something. You're getting too crazy. Hey. Remember what me and Billy used to always tell you? You remember that? Look. Here What's go. that? I got something for you right yeah. here. Blood pressure medicine. I got you. Take, take, take your time. I this took it this okay. morning. I, well, I'm glad started. I took yeah, it this look morning. Look forward to cool, the Cages winning today. Cages win today in the All tournament. Right. Just think about that. They winning today. Trust me. Go Cages. All right. Thanks for the call. Again, 337-706-0111, for two years, just get me a downhill runner. That's what I need. I need kickers that make kicks. I need wide receivers to catch the ball when they in his hand, and I need a downhill runner. That's not a lot to ask for. Really, that's 
That's not a lot. Really, it's not a lot. Think about it. Kicker making kicks. Well, they make about 90, 80 to 90%. And this cat kicks indoors, so how hard can it be? And then I need a wide receiver to catch the ball. Cat, that's what you get paid for, catch the football. That's, that's not a lot to ask. I mean, that's like asking a fat person like me to eat to clean his plate. That's not hard. Cleaning your plate, making a field goal, it's the same thing. It's not hard. And then a downhill runner. That those, aren't, that those don't cost a lot. Why am I asking too much? For two years, I've been needing those two things. It's not hard to get. Now, let's go. It's time. No more of all of this silliness. Too much silliness we've watched over the last two years. When you have the football, don't fumble it. When you line up to make a kick, make the kick. When you... Have a, when they throw you the football, catch it. What, what, what are we – I mean, I'm not asking anybody to, 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 you know, to do like Mason Harrow and throw a pass for a three-pointer from 35 feet. No one's asking for a touchdown pass to, hit, to be banked in for a three-pointer from 35 feet. All I need is downhill running. If you have a kick, make it. If you have the football, don't fumble it. That's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I'm asking for. Why is that so difficult? It's it's okay it's not though. Difficult. We got good news today. We gotta take the wins where we can get them. You know, we can worry about Lutz in a couple of weeks once this settles down. These last two years, oh man! All right, it's time to get back to catching the football, making kicks, and not fumbling. Can we get back to that? Like, it needs to happen. All right, we'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on The Game Hotline. 706-0111-337-706-0111. If you would like to talk conference basketball, Cajuns versus South Alabama, 6 o'clock tonight, Sunbelt Conference Tournament Finals. You know, I heard this observation yesterday that I, I don't know that I totally wrapped my mind around yet, but the observation was that getting back to Rockefeller's virtual guarantee that the Cajuns are going to win tonight. It reminded me of something that I heard yesterday, and it is that nine years after Coach Shipley's last NCAA tournament berth was Coach Pascal's NCAA first NCAA tournament berth, and nine years later was Coach Fletcher's first NCAA tournament tournament berth and nine years after that was see that I don't know about coach 
Jesse, and then that it's been nine years now since the Cajuns' last NCAA tournament berth, and so somehow the number nine is fitting in all to that into all this. So maybe the Cajuns are going to hit nine three pointers tonight, and they're going to win by nine, and they're going to. Um, the first one they won by three. The second one they won by ten. So I'd, I'd I'd be all for that. We'll see how all that plays out. All right, let's get back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. What's going on, bud? How are you, sir? Oh man, if I was any better, I'd be dead. <laughs> but hey, um, man, don't worry about it. All these guys telling you to calm down and everything. Those are all people that have been Saints fans since '09. You know, they didn't yes. weren't around when we were going through the Billy Joes and the Chris Everett's and the uh, you know whatever else Brooks and all those guys, and then watching perfectly good defenses that should have won Super Bowls just go by the wayside, and all they remember is Drew Brees and '09. So now, yeah, I understand your frustration. A downfield runner. A receiver that can catch the ball and a kicker that can make a kick. That's all you need. It ain't real hard. It's one, two, three. Take a step. Come with me. Just get it done and let's get back to dominating. Stop all this foolishness we've been watching the last two years. There's no need for all that. Even even with Crawfish, they should have won ten games well, if you just do those well, three things. Well, for, don't listen to all these people telling you calm down. Light this sucker on fire and burn it down. All right. I love it. Thank you. I agree. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. All right. Is, is uh, Lucy going to let Charlie Brown kick that ball tonight? Well, we sure hope so. Again, I, 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 li- I like the position they're in. Obviously, it's been a pretty encouraging and special season all year long. I just I, I'm still a little worried about the consistency at point guard, which early on was really there. And and I don't know exactly what's going on with Themis. He was fabulous the first half of conference play. He hasn't been as good down the stretch. So they, and they haven't been making as many three pointers. So hopefully they can do more of those things and and and, and defend the three well and and get that win. Okay, going to the point guard. Let me tell you, Thomas wasn't too either. You know, I wonder if there's going to be a time, maybe in the game uh, tonight, where they might try to put uh, either uh, uh, Garnett at point guard or Williams at point guard to try to get uh, all the best scores on the uh, floor they can at one time. Yes. Uh, again, if you co- I've asked Coach Marlin about it several times, and he says it has to do with matchups. Obviously, he liked Thomas. He played more against Georgia Southern. Thomas didn't play nearly as much last night. Themis played a lot more, and so look if they get to the if they win tonight, you know, not it's not going to matter as much. But hopefully they can pick the right one and they can knock down shots and finish. Like Themis hasn't been finishing lately. He first half of conference play, he was finishing like like no point guard since uh, since Jay Wright, and and really at times even better than Jay Wright used to finish and. and uh, but he hasn't been doing that, so hopefully, you know, that can happen tonight. Well, I think he's going to be uh, – I don't think it's a good matchup for Seamus tonight because he likes to drive and, uh, you know, they try to get them layup. They ain't going to work against that big boy tonight uh, in the middle. You know, Kevin, another thing, one thing I do think I like – well, I know I like the fact that they're the HD just like we were last year, and they played that extra team, Kevin. And, look, that's, that means they have to – this is going to be their fourth game in five. 
the first game in five days, and look, that was a physical game last night, James Madison against uh, against uh, South Alabama. And uh, you know, so I think maybe that they've taken a, a little bit, a lot more stretch records than we have so far in this summer. No, I agree. Um, I but I thought. I agree, but I thought the same thing about Texas State last night, and they played pretty hard all the way to the end. I, I was so impressed with. I mean, look, if you don't, if the Cages don't turn it over at stupid times, uh, then they'd have won by double figures. But, but still, they did turn it over. Texas State had something to do with it because of the defense they played, and I, I was very impressed with their endurance. I, I thought they'd falter more in the second half, and they didn't last night. Right. Well, yeah. But Kevin, look, we, I, that wasn't a good. We did not play good last night. I mean, you got you got that it really, really most of the players. I mean, except for a couple of players, you could say I would I would say they had a good game for the rest of them. It was just average, just a low average. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's hopefully maybe they were looking ahead and just saving themselves. Cause well, I think, but I think Texas State. To, uh, you got to give Texas State credit. And that that helps us a lot because uh, I think he's trying to save his legs for the free throws late in the game. Well, uh, and that's another thing. You know, I heard some people saying that, man, if I was Texas State, I'd have just hack a Jordan down the stretch. But, uh, you know, hopefully that, that man, uh, you know, the whole free throws down the stretch thing tonight, you know, they, they did not do a good job. They made just enough, but they didn't make enough in my mind last night down the stretch. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite them tonight. No, it's so not. Well, like I said, buddy, oh, Lucy better let us take that ball tonight, Kevin. Oh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> not only me, there'll be a lot of other happy people if he, if he don't get it done tonight. I agree. Hopefully it happens. All right, buddy. Take care. The man's talking about Lucy and Chuck. You know, Lu- Lucy liked to talk about, um, you know, with being a psychiatrist and what are you afraid of? What are you allergic to? What are your fears? My fears are missed field goals. What's the word for that? Some I'm people fear exactly spiders. Sure. Dawson was feeling fearing spiders the other day. I, I, I fear missed fearing free them. throws. Not really fearing them, just seeing a lot of them, trying to get rid of them. But here's the thing. Uh, I actually didn't even think about that until just now, what, what FedEx Man brought up. This is the game where Themis didn't play, and they said – it was a matchup thing kind of down the stretch that Mike Thomas played the, most of the second half against South Alabama. So now I'm just kind of remembering back to that and wondering if that's what we're going to see tonight. Are we going to see, A, Mike Thomas maybe in the starting lineup? I don't think so because they've done pretty much their same starting five all year. But uh, do they play Mike more down the stretch because they think it's a matchup situation? I don't know. I just and really, it doesn't matter to me. And it's the beauty of having two options at point guard. It's just whoever's in the game has got to finish and got to not turn the ball over. But again, South Alabama doesn't play the kind of defense that Texas State does. They just don't. So I, I don't. I don't think the opportunities to throw it away are going to be there quite as much. But they, you, I think it's more about making shots tonight. You got to yeah, whether and, it's the free throw line or in the, in in regular offense. It got, it's about making the shots because I think they're. I don't think they had that many open shots last night. They had to struggle to get good shots. Uh, I think tonight they won't have to struggle as much, but they got to make them. And to your point there about shots, South Alabama number one in the conference in opponent three point field goal percentage. Opponents only shooting twenty nine percent from the three point line. 
Uh, so they have actually been, they've excelled at defending the three-point shot, which is, you know, it again, it, when you, the more, and, you, and I've kind of been doing all morning a dive on Southern Miss and, and their overall stats in the conference and stuff, it's an unbelievable situation that they only won non-conference games with how many stats they rank in the top of the conference in. Um, I agree. It's, That's what it's I was really saying crazy. the whole they're, beginning they're of more, the season. Like, they're more like they a 12-win conference team if you if you would just look at the numbers. And that's part of the reason, again, the uh, ESPN Basketball Power Index has a 50.1% chance for UL to win, 49.9% for Southern, I mean, for, uh, South Alabama. That's how close that the uh, some of the metrics think this matchup is. And, again, the record isn't necessarily the case. But South Alabama, how about this? In conference play only, they're only allowing 25% three-point shooting for their opponents. I mean, that is unreal. So even better, 29% the whole season, 25% in their conference schedule. It is, and the Cajuns have swept them twice without, you know, hitting a bunch of threes. And, uh, I mean, have beaten them twice without hitting a bunch of threes. Now, um, you know, a lot of people have the perception that the Cajuns got this big break, and I do think they got somewhat of a break in that, they played Texas State over Marshall, although last night's game was not very easy if you watched it. But, again, the per- the, the best team in the Sunbelt Conference this midseason is South Alabama, so I don't know how much of a break that is. Yeah, and, and I, I again, look, I didn't make a pick on air, but I thought you all was going to lose to Marshall. That's kind of how I thought this bracket was going to play out, and then obviously that game never happened. So, you know, uh, yeah, it would certainly seem like an advantage. I think again, yeah. Once you're, but that that was also my thing last year. Once you're in this point of the tournament, and these teams have won as many games as they've won to get here, you can really, for the most part, throw that stuff out anyway. Because unless now you saw something like in the Patriot League, Lafayette College is 11 and 22, and they're playing Colgate, who's like 25 and 8. That's maybe a little bit of a mismatch. I think Lafayette College is probably just having a really good week, and Colgate's a much better team. In the Sun Belt, if anybody, and we said it, anybody one through eight got there, we felt like they had a chance. So um, I think this the Cajuns, it's their game to lose, so to speak, but I think this is by no means one of those situations where it's like they have a 90% chance to win. If they lost, it would be a collapse. Like I don't think that's how this is once you actually just play the game out. So we'll see what happens. The Leopards. The Leopards play football, right? Uh, I believe they play in the FCS level for football, yes. You think they have a downhill runner? They might. Maybe, the we can, maybe we could scout them out. I wanted to look up. I wonder if their kicker made field goals. Probably not. Um, if I know anything about college kickers, he probably didn't. I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking me to lose weight. You know, something really difficult to do. I'm just, I'm just asking for kickers to kick, catchers to catch, runners to not fumble, and give me a downhill runner. I'm, that's all I'm asking. That's not a lot. Am I asking a lot? Um, no. No, I'm not asking a lot. So let's just make this happen and let's get back to dominating and stop all this foolishness. Everyone's acting like I'm being unreasonable. I'm not being unreasonable. These are simple, basic requests. Let's get it done. We'll be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline, 337-706-0111, Maybe that's Will Lutz's problem the last two years. EPI, loose oily stools. Maybe that's his problem. <sighs> Whatever it is, it's got to get fixed. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. <laughs> I was supposed to follow that up. Oh man! Uh, hey Kevin, what's up? Hey, uh, hey, you know what I want this year, Kevin? Besides all the things that you mentioned, is can we get a quarterback to start sixteen, seventeen games the whole season? Well, yeah, but uh, yes, but um, yeah, but, but how long has it been since we had that quarterback start the whole, you know, the whole year? I, I just need him to. To, to step up and not drop back and take a sack. Yeah, step up in the oh, pocket yeah. and throw hey, the man. ball. I, I've been meaning to tell you this. Out of all the nicknames you came out with, I think Crawfish is probably one of the best ones you ever had. I ain't Crawfish. The right. man likes to back up and go and take a sack. And he's red. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you came up with a better nickname. Just that and Candy. Candy Candy's pretty good, too. Anyways. Um... So, like, over this weekend, right, are you buying – I know the answer, probably not, but are you buying, like, this Anthony Richardson hype? Oh, no. I, I don't, I'm not into rookie quarterbacks. You know, I know the whole world is, but I'm really not into rookie quarterbacks. But think, I certainly am not buying gonna be Anthony in the first round? Like, he's going to get drafted in the first round? Oh, I mean, he's probably the top ten. I mean, some people had him going in the top ten before the combine. So it's not it's oh, not a stretch no, at all to say he's going to go top. I mean, I, sir, I I saw multiple people having the like the Arnolds picking him before the combine. Oh, it's really blowing up now. I mean, they're they're just going crazy over this dude. And it's like, did they ever sit down and actually watch a game that he played in Florida, or is it just highlights that they watch? You know. I mean, look, I I I, I agree with all of that. But, I mean, if you sat down and watched Patrick Mahomes play in college, you wouldn't think he was very good. So, yeah, I, I, I think that only goes so far. But, no, I agree. I I, I, I want no part of him. I, I bet, you know, go for it. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean I want the Arnolds to pick him because I don't want to have to tackle him. Yeah, that's a big dude. But, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's about like Cam Newton, right? That would be about right. I don't, for, I don't think you know. he throws it as, as good as Cam did, though. Coming out yeah, of that's the thing. That's what yeah. I don't know, man. Like that's the thing that gets me. Like you can have all the athletic ability in the world, but you gotta throw. You know, I don't know. No question. Anyways, all right, Kevin, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we talked about this in generalities, but here's the specifics of it. Derek Carr's rookie year was 2014. Well, that number keeps coming up of late. 2014. Um. The Raiders' defense that year ranked 32nd in the league. The next year, they were 22nd. The next year, they were 20th. The next year, they were 20th. The next year, they were 32nd in the league. The next year, they were 24th. The next year, they were 30th. The next year, they were 26th. And last year, they were 28th. So the best defense that he's ever played in in his nine years in the NFL, and that number nine keeps coming up too, is – um. Is 20th. 20th. 
And again, so many people, it, it, it's the most, it's the least valued analysis in America. When you evaluate a quarterback, yeah, it matters who's his wide receivers and his coach and all of that matters. How much, how do they run the football? All of that matters. But so many people never factor in how good is his special teams. In other words, what kind of field position do they have? How many turnovers does his defense force? How many of his touchdown passes came at the end of 35 and 40-yard drives because of great defense and turn, defenses that force turnovers and special teams that set you up in beautiful field position? Like, that, you know, again, don't just tell me how many touchdown passes he threw. How many touchdown passes were came as a result of 40- and 50-yard touchdown drives that some quarterbacks never get that benefit of, of hardly ever? And how good is the defense? In other words, how much pressure does that quarterback have to constantly feel like he's got to th- score 30-something points to win a game, not be able to do like Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game, do nothing for the last four drives and win on a, on a field goal because you get a great punt return? It, 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 it's just it, – it, and that's why, again – do I think the man's going to the Hall of Fame? Well, no, that's just silliness, okay? Silliness. Doesn't It's not even worth talking to. Like, oh, I don't even know where that came from. But that doesn't mean he, he can't, you know, again, I think he might be a little better than our perception is just based on what he's had to deal with with the Raiders, not just the dysfunction of their organization overall, but how little he's had to deal with with special teams and defense, and and we and we said it last week. Someone they said if you if you if you combine the rankings of the defense and special teams that he's had, combine them with all the other teams in the NFL since his rookie year, the Raiders rank thirty second out of thirty two teams in a combination of special teams rankings and defensive rankings since 2014. So does it mean the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, but it means that the perception of Derek Carr's performance is been a little distorted because he's had very little help compared to other quarterbacks around the league. Now, again, he... he that doesn't mean he. it's a lock. I mean, he's got to come here and perform, no question. Still got to perform. Still got to get a downhill runner. Still got to make kicks. Still got to know where the first down marker is. You run to the left of the first down marker, not to the right of the first down marker if you're running towards the right sidelines. All of those simple 80 to 90% things need to happen. But if they do, then no reason why you can't win. Well, you know, I don't even know why I'm going to say this because we know Michael Thomas' <laughs> tweets don't mean anything because um, he tweets all the time. But he did tweet five minutes ago, thank you, Jesus, with a little uh, hand emoji. So, Who did this? Michael Thomas did. So you got to, you know, if you want to try to maybe think maybe that means he's excited to see that they signed Derek Carr. Maybe it just means he had a nice breakfast this morning. Who knows for Michael <laughs> Thomas, but something to uh, potentially monitor there. Well, why else would he be excited? Well, it's Michael Thomas, so his tweets just generally don't necessarily correlate to what you think they're going to correlate to. Is all I'm saying. But it would, yeah. If he if he's not tweeting about that, then he's maybe just trolling. But you know, it would seem maybe that means he's excited, or 
I've seen some people saying maybe it means that he's agreed to be released or something that he wants. I don't know. Who knows what it's going to be? But uh, we don't have any real report there. But he, he's happy about something, or he's thankful this morning. Maybe he just woke up and he's thankful for another day. Who knows? I guess any of it um, is it, it, possible. But I think on a random Monday, there's pretty that you know that could be encouraging something to to, to pay attention to down the road. And again. Even if he ends up playing for the team, he's still got to get on the field. So if I'm the Saints, and obviously they don't care what we think, but if they did ask me, I would say, if you're planning on drafting a wide receiver, then still draft one. Like, you can't can't count on him being there because he hasn't been there. You just, I mean, it would just be the ultimate lineup if you can. And by the way, Derek Carr has a good arm and can throw the ball down the field. And the Saints have these two receivers, Wes Chandler and his Shahid Cat, that can get the ball down the field. Have you noticed that? It, it, noticed it's that. not going to be square peg round hole anymore. Crawfish backing up and taking sacks and throwing dump offs with two speedy receivers that can get down the field. No more square peg round hole. Yeah. And if look, if the Saints get a couple other things figured out, give them some time to throw the football and, you know, especially get the run game figured out, they should be a pretty good offense. And now, look, they're not going to rewrite record books next year. I don't think they're going to be the greatest show on turf. But, again, as we've talked about, if you get to that 24 to 27 points a game range, uh, and maybe 27 is ambitious, but literally just 24, 25 points a game as opposed to what last year you were around, what, 16, 17? If you could score one extra touchdown, which seems within reason because of how many deficiencies they had, then you could be right where you want to be because the defense, we anticipate being pretty good again. Um, and that thing, I mean, that, that means for me the, 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 the expectations can, can potentially go up a little bit. Now, I know, I guess, we went into last season – now, the thing for me, though, is we went into last season with this idea that Jameis could maybe be what we're now hoping Derek Carr can be, you know? So now we kind of have a new option. Yeah, but... but, but and but I think look, Derek Carr look, obviously has a more proven track record than Jameis Yes, did. yes. I mean, Derek Carr's consistently played. I mean, Jameis was, has been hurt. And, I, you know, I, I was I was ready to go with Jameis, no question. But, but Jameis still had, would have, even if he had stayed healthy, would still have a lot to prove. Derek Carr... That he doesn't have to prove himself as an established NFL quarterback. He's been that for nine years. So that, that, those two don't go. To, those, those two are not on. It's not. Those two are different situations. And, and, and Jameis was a guy you weren't paying any money. I mean, this Jameis is different. Different situation. No, 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 no question. Um, to um, two totally different situations. Now. They've got to. Uh, the more I think about it, though, they needed. They we. I, I got a little carried away here. They need. I, you still need an offensive lineman. I, I think as much as I'd like a wide receiver, I still think they need to draft an offensive lineman or sign one in free agency. They need a little bit more depth just to make things a little bit more. Uh, have a little insurance there. All right, we got carried away. That's okay. It's a carried away kind of day. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote hyperventilating in Pensacola, Florida. It's a town I've never hyperventilated before, but we'll, we'll try to get through it. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello, this is CJ. Hello, I just sir. I have one question about uh, when y'all mentioned Will Lutz, how he needs to get his act together the past two years. Uh-huh. I noticed that it's happened a lot in the NFL that you have this really good kicker, and once they start missing, they just miss. They, they never come back from it. Oh, I mean, it's certainly an issue. Obviously, they still believe in him in that they were willing to, you know, obviously I don't think they would have kept him if he wouldn't have renegotiated his contract. He basically said, I, you know, sacri- I blew your season, so I'm going to take less money. And they gave him a contract where it's kind of a prove-it contract where he's got really meetable uh, goals to, to, to get more money and bonuses. But, uh, no, I mean, no question it's, it's a possibility what you're talking about. I, that's why I talk about it so much. It's critical. For sure. Uh, I mean, he did have a couple moments this year, the game against the Vikings in Europe. He hit the 160-yarder. He went for a second one for the first time in NFL history. He missed it. But it didn't happen too many times this year where we could really count on him. I agree. Now, the thing that was ironic, that was something I think David or someone else brought up earlier today in that he was actually very consistent on his extra points. He would just miss 35-yard field goals. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, it's just hopefully he can get his act together. But you're right. It is not a lock. Yeah. I mean, you've seen Dan Bailey. He was one of the top kickers for two or three years with the Dallas Cowboys. He missed. He had a bad season, and he never came back from it. He couldn't find a team that would sign him anymore. That's true. It's a concern. That's all I No question. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, No, look, it's not a lock, but, uh, you know, it's important. It's all part of – because, again, it affects your play calling when you don't trust your kicker. I have some bad news for you. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it's not that bad. Let's. I I know you're in an emotional state, so let's not let's not tease it here. Um, Lafayette College. I looked in trying to find us a downhill hill runner. They didn't run the football very well a year ago. Oh, they did. No, their their leading rusher had around 400 rushing yards. So um, they are not quite a shove it down your throat running football team. Also, tried to find a kicker for us from there. Their kicker only made 40% of his field goals, so as I was, uh, I suspected, kickers in college, you know, they're tough to find. Um, He did make, let's see, did they have extra point stats on here? It doesn't look like we have extra point stats on here for some reason, but yeah, uh, 40%, only two of five, only attempted five field goals all year, which I guess tells you they really didn't have any confidence in him. But he was probably not kicking in the south indoors. He probably had wind to deal with, this lad. Uh, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. I, I still think I'll take my chances with Lutz over this guy, though. I just need you to make – I just need 
the 85 to 90% things to be done 90% of the time. Is that really? I just don't think it's a lot to ask for. That's what I need to happen, including the kicker. So we'll see. All right. So, you know, again, was not expecting to talk that much football today, but a, but enormous story uh, with the Derek Carr situation with the Saints. In the final few minutes, though, obviously the big game tonight, it's a Monday, uh, the Sunbelt Conference men's basketball finals and we'll see what the what what the cadence can do one thing that and and i don't want to make a huge deal about this but i do think it's kind of cool that you have two old school sunbelt conference and again i don't have anything against the new schools at all really i don't i i think they've they're all a great addition to the conference everything is is, you know this con is moving forward but for someone who's been, you know, if you're a UL fan or a South Alabama, South Alabama fan, I mean, they go back to the 70s with the Sunbelt Conference. So I, I just think it's it's nice that some old school Sunbelt Conference teams are in the finals and it's not just all these new schools come in and they just dominate everything. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Kind of like the, uh, you know, the this is still our conference type of idea, right? And the funny thing is the new schools have kind of been in the mix for in almost every sport, really. Like they've been, you know, you saw it on the women's side uh, with JMU. You saw it in football with JMU. And Marshall had a decent year, and Southern Miss uh, was a little better than we expected. And then we know in baseball that those those new schools are going to be really good. Uh, Southern Miss, of course, is, uh, you know, a top 25 team. And JMU has ODU, a decent yeah. baseball history. They also have a softball program that's been in the College World Series recently. So, yeah, nice to see the uh, the old school teams. You know what else? I just I, I know I shouldn't dive into this point when we don't really have time. But Texas State they've been pretty awful in football, but they've been a really great ad for the Sun Belt elsewhere. They've been really solid in eight basically every sport except football. Now football is the one that matters the most, uh, especially dollars wise. But I think that's interesting to know as well. But yeah, look, I hope the Cajuns pull it off. They deserve to go back to the tournament. I think Bob Marlin's done a great job, and and you know that this group really wants. It would be special for this group. A lot of, a lot of good stories. Jordan Brown, Greg Williams coming home. I think this is a group that feels like they probably uh, they need to get this one done tonight. Absolutely. Great senior leadership, and hopefully that comes through tonight. We'll see what happens. Could be a glorious Tuesday morning. We'll see how things go.